0: you you must remember if you've heard this before continue to remind yourself God is only good he is only good and he is a good father many of us see God as how we related to our earthly father instead of how he is described in the word there is not an earthly father alive who has properly displayed God the father himself there are good fathers Many of them. I want to be a good father. I have five children. I want to be a good father. But we are not able to display truly the, 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 the character of God himself. So we need to look in here. We need to look for him so that we can find him. In John 1, 12 through 13, it says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. See, we have sonship given to us by God himself. In Galatians 4, verses four through seven, it says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. There it is, the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, this is verse 6, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Abba, Father. That's a universal word, Abba. You can go almost anywhere in the world and say Abba, and people know what that is. Our fourth child, our our three oldest were born to us, my wife and I. And our fourth child is our daughter. We uh, we adopted from uh, her name is Maya. We adopted her from China. And when we were in China, I heard these people, or these children, saying "Abba, Abba, Abba," and I'm like, "It's the same word. It's the same word." Our youngest son, Micah, is from Ethiopia. And so when we adopted him, I heard children saying the same word, Abba. So we are, God has given us this cry by his spirit. It doesn't come just by yourself. It's by his spirit that he has placed in you. The moment you're born again, his spirit in you cries out, Abba, Abba. Why? 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 What's the purpose of crying out? He wants us to know who we really are. An amazing claim of the gospel is in 2 Corinthians 5.17, where Paul says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Do you understand a new creation is, is a new thing that has never before been. When you became born again, and if you have not been born again, don't leave the building. Find someone and become born again. This is the greatest thing. This is the new life. This is what all things are pointing to, okay? But if you've been born again, you are a new species. There is a combination of God and man that has now created you. When you think of what happened in the womb of Mary, when she conceived, God and humankind created something new. When you became born again, the exact same process happened. Do you understand this? A supernatural transfer happened. God combined with your spirit and created something brand new. That is why you are righteous in him. It is only through the new birth you can't make yourself righteous. But in the new birth, the righteousness of Jesus combined with you and created something brand new that has never before been. See, God, God doesn't try to just fix us. Religion tries to fix people, tries to change them on the outside. Tries to say, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. Make sure you abide by these things. But see, that just changes the actions. It doesn't change what's on the inside. This is why we need to go from the head to the heart. Because what we do on the outside, really, is what comes from our heart. If left to ourselves, without the control of religion, what's in your heart will come out. Just give a man alcohol and you'll know what's in his heart. Just give him something that takes away the inhibitions. Something that takes the the barriers off. And you will see what is in a man's heart or a woman. See, we have learned to control ourselves and to look proper and to look right. And all of you look so nice. But that doesn't do anything in the kingdom. That doesn't prove anything. That doesn't even change who you are. You can dress nice. You can be all Sunday morning perfect. But it does not change who you are. You have to receive the change from the inside out. See, it is out of the heart that you live. As a man thinks in his heart, your heart is a thinking organ. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he, when left to himself. See, religion has learned to control. We have learned to control ourselves and each other. When someone gets out of line, we whoa, whoa, whoa. stay in line, stay in line. Instead of finding out what caused that action, let's get to the heart. This is why the discipleship team and the, the, the home groups and all of that are so vital. Open up to the home groups. Open up to the pastors that are leading you. When, when you're willing to open up, you will discover about yourself things that you've never known. And there is wonderful freedom in that. See, God is our only and our real, true Father. A.W. Tozer said, the most important thing about you right now is what you think about when you think about God. T.L. Osborne said, God made it so that everything that can be said about him can also be said about you. See, we are not natural, earthly, just made-over people. We are a whole new species and race. We are the Christ ones or the new God-man race. Do you understand this? We are a new race, not of blood. We are born of God. When you are able to believe this with your heart, not your head. See, these are things you may have heard already. Let your heart convince you. Let your heart be the the place that your belief is found. All of us have different images of God given to us by tradition, religion, or experience. Whenever we project our own image of who God is, we then change or distort how he wants to interact with us. This is the only place to discover how he is. No matter what your experience has been, you've never seen... The perfect example like I mentioned before we need to discover now in Matthew 23 verse 9 it says do not call anyone on earth your father for one is your father he who is in heaven now Jordan I'm I'm not saying you can't call Titus your dad he is your dad in the way that God is your father and God through Titus has fathered you so yes, he is your dad, but he is only that by God your father. He is your God is your only true Father. He has brought men into our into your you know, a, man, a man into your life to be the outworking of that. But he says, I am your Father. Romans eight fourteen says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Verse 15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, there it is again. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Let him bear witness. See, if you stand there and you say, well, I have to believe this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try harder. I'm going to try harder. Believe, 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 think, think, think. You can't do it. You cannot believe more with your head to make it go into your heart. You have to hear the truth. See, this is the truth. And surrender to it. There is a position of surrender. And you go, yeah, but what if I'm led astray? If you are led astray by what you read in here, good, because you have been led astray from the deception of the enemy. Everything you read in here is good and true. If it feels like you're being led astray, get rid of your old beliefs. Leave them at the door. There's an incinerator back here. We can burn them. Your beliefs that you came in with, you don't need them if we can't find them in here. See, we don't want to be gullible or led astray. But I want to tell you this. I want to be a believer. I want to be a believer If you tell me something is in here and I've never seen it, my first answer is, okay. I do not say, prove it to me. I say, good. And then I'm going to dig. And in the privacy of my time with my father, I'm going to go, is that true? Is that true? And he will inform my heart. He will inform my spirit. And in that I will believe. In 2 Corinthians 3, verses 12 through 18, it says, Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. And I love to speak boldly, by the way. I love to... Our sister mentioned, in this we can boast. (laughs) I want to boast in the fact that I know my father. Nobody can take that from me. I know his voice. I heard him when I was 14 years old. I was... I was overcome by the Spirit of God, filled with the Spirit, and I began to hear his voice. Does that make me better than anyone else? No, it just means I discovered something that all of us are to discover. He has given it to us, it is an invitation. And so in this, when you hear the voice of God, the devil will bring people to you and say, you can't say you heard God. You shouldn't talk for God, you shouldn't say this. And you say, but I know him. I know him. He's my father. I know his voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. So if you hear the voice of God and he says something and tells you to speak it out, don't you hold it back by timidity. You speak it out. Verse 13, unlike Moses who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away, but their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their, where, their head? On their heart. A veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So we have no reason, nothing holding us back aside from old beliefs and deceptions and things that the devil has brought into our lives now where the now the lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty there is freedom but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the lord are being transferred transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the spirit of the lord okay That last verse, what do you see when you look in a mirror? I'm using this, and so this is a giveaway of what I'm going to say, but the mirror, you see what? Your own face. When you read the Bible, you should see yourself. You should see yourself. He's not only describing Jesus. He's not only describing things that he's done. He is giving you your identity. Your face it says, Beholding as in a mirror, what? What do you see in the mirror? The glory of the Lord. On whose face? My face. Don't hide it. The glory of the Lord is on your face. Your face, your face. The glory of the Lord is on you. See, we have been told stand down be quiet. Hide your face. Don't show off. Don't boast. Don't be who you are. (laughs) That's a lie. That's a lie from the devil. You are to be who you are. See, we are being transformed from glory to glory. Whose glory? His glory to my glory. He is giving me the same look that he has. What do you think demons see when they see me? <laughs> they see Jesus. I'm telling you. I have looked demons right in the face and I've said, "Your time is your time in this host is done. Go." And they go <gasps> because I'm so powerful, because I screamed at them and yelled at them, because they see Jesus. They truly see, and it's not just any Jesus. This is the same look that Jesus had on the Mount of Transfiguration. All he did there was he unzipped and showed his disciples who he really was all along. He simply took the veil of his body off and said, this is me, and his face shone as the sun, his head and his hair were... I mean, he was brilliant, whiter than any whiteness anybody can make on earth. Do you understand that brightness of the sun is you? He has called you to live in authority as the sun. The sun, not just just any son of anybody, the sun. Let this sink in. Do you realize the only reason that Jesus died on the cross was to give us the ability to be exactly as he is with our spirits made alive in him. When I look at 1 John four 16, I'm just gonna quote the one part of it. It says, whoever abides in love abides in God and God in him. In the Passion Translation, it says, whoever lives in love lives in God. So how do we live in love? We talked about with Tavia. We talked about going out to people, extending the hand of love, extending the heart of God's love. How do we live in love? See, if God is love, can we force it? Can we make ourselves? Can we think more to make ourselves love? Or do we surrender to it? We surrender to him. See, he wants to extend his hand through you. In love when you live in constant communion with the Lord he is able to love through you you hear him speak to you about them he says they are dealing with something and, he, and, and go over there and talk to them go extend your hand put your arm around them that is how living in love displays the love of God but God t- told me something one time he said True love is only evidenced when the actions that we take are not determined by how the final outcome of them affects us personally. Can I say that again? True love is only evidenced when the actions that we take are not determined by how the final outcome of them affects us personally. When your action is based on how it's going to affect you, it's not true love. Even if it feels good to do it, it's not true love. True love is not evidenced by how it makes you feel or how it affects you. True love is only evidenced when the action you take is not determined by how it will affect you. Be honest with yourself. Allow him to reveal your motives and he'll show you. He's good at showing you. He has shown me so many times your motives are selfish. And I say, I... I don't want my motives to be selfish, but then I'm honest with him and I say, okay, I'm gonna back up or I'm gonna turn around, which is repentance, and I say, I want my motives to be true to the heart of the king.